Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today... I always am so excited when I have Nancy in the studio with me, and it's always so much fun because she's going to laugh, and we're going to laugh, and you know we're gonna do we're gonna do what's up in the universal sky. <laughs> hey, Nance. Hi. <laughs> if you want more information about Nancy, go to her website, universalsky.com, um, and hopefully, you know that new site will be up soon. It's only been a year. <laughs> Since I've been redesigning it, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have no access to my old site, so it's not really updated. <laughs> right. Well, luckily we do get a we do get a monthly report on my newsletter for yes. Nancy. So yes, we do. Yeah. So and you're you're promising to do, you know, every two months. So that's Correct. a pretty good that's a pretty good update for people. So, you know, we have we have we're going to talk about November, December, and then in December you're going to come, and we're going to talk about January. January. Although we might be doing it over Skype, depending on what the weather situation is like, but that's okay. We can do that too. Oh, absolutely. All no, right. I'll be here. I'll make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got my new car. I can make it oh, through the right. snow. <laughs> Does it have four wheel drive? See, no, no. But I'm getting snow tires on Friday. Okay. <laughs> okay well, that that there you go. <laughs> but we don't have snow yet. <laughs> no, and from what I hear. We're supposed and to get some. No. Really? Well, from what I hear, we, this is going to be one of those years. It could be one of those years where we get snow and then it'll melt again because it'll get cold and then it'll get warm again. I think it's going to do that more than it's going to do anything. Um, but yeah, th- this is an El Nino year for sure. And it's much stronger than we've had in previous years. So I'm disappointed. Are you? Yeah. Oh right, because you want the ice to freeze so that you can do all your 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 doing your other activities. Snowmobiling. Right. Well, let's see what happens. We just you know, I know that you're on a nice small lake, but you see I'm on a really big lake. <laughs> so when we had a, a winter like we had last year with February it's being really cold. From, I I could not swim in a lake until September. <laughs> September, Nancy. September. For us, it was late too, though, because I think it was. Yeah, I the saw end of your June. updates on. It was Facebook. the end of June. Normally, I'm in May. <laughs> okay, I am not feeling sorry for you. Okay, September. That meant I had a week of swimming before it got cold again. Don't even go there. Don't go there. All right, <laughs> let's talk about what's happening. For November. Okay. Well, we've just come through a lot of chaos in September and October. Okay. And do you remember our last show, you saying that October was going to be this nice, calm calm month? Halfway through October, after Mercury went direct. It didn't happen. (sighs) It did not happen. Well, there wasn't a lot of outer planetary energy taking place. But it was crazy. It was. Like, really crazy. I have never had so many people going crazy. Me too. And so it's weird because I was expecting a little bit of peace and it just didn't happen. (laughs) Maybe that's the December. I don't know because typically when there's less activity, it seems to be more chaos. Problem. (laughs) Okay, that's the problem. (laughs) All right. So when I look at the beginning of November, uh, there's a couple aspects in the first week of November that are um, 
Well, you know what? It's all good, right? Sure. <laughs> we have Jupiter opposite Chiron, and there's only one hit, and that's on November the 3rd. And basically here we are mm. being forced out of our comfort zone. Most people may not like the way that the universe is asking them to grow in the moment. Okay. However, it's like you need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to grow. You need to expand. Um, and you will understand the benefit of it once this aspect passes over. So we're going to be feeling this aspect for about a week. Okay. okay. I mean, Jupiter doesn't like Virgo and Pisces and really... Chiron is kind of a combination of both of those, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of more of, it's all about Chiron's feeling. ruler is Virgo. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, And exactly. it's in Pisces, so right. it's in its fall <laughs> position, because typically when it's in its opposite sign, it doesn't like being in the opposite sign. Um, but Jupiter's all about expansion and, and Chiron. growth. And, yes. and Chiron's about healing. So it's like we're being asked to step out of our comfort zone, our safe place where we protect ourselves right? Safe from things that we don't like. Right. And we're being asked to kind of face those things on some level but that's so that we can heal and grow through the process. And that's important. It's very important. Um, so on, it's not really, I'm not going to say it's as intense as facing your fears. Okay. Where we had a lot of fear facing stuff the end of August, the beginning mm. of September. It's not that intense. Um, but it is about stepping out of your comfort zone and we need to like move through our inhibitions. So our inhibitions, we're going to be recognizing them and we have to push through them, right? Uh, to try and release them or move through. And again, you will be thankful by the time you have done that. So it's beneficial in the long run. Yeah. Also that week, there's a minor aspect taking place, but because it is with the outer planets, I'm going to include it. It's Jupiter in conjunct Uranus. And this is an out with the old, in with the new. So it's really about clearing, letting go um, of any goals or personal visions that aren't working. And what day is that? That is November 5th. Okay. And the first one was? November 3rd. Okay. So we got these two aspects back to back. Okay. We're going to feel the Jupiter opposite Chiron. And I think the Jupiter in conjunct Uranus is going to stir in a little bit of chaos. Isn't it the opposite way around? Jupiter in conjunct yeah, you said it in conjunct Chiron and oh, sorry. Yeah, it's that's Jupiter okay. <laughs> opposite Chiron. No, yes, is yes. on November third, and then Jupiter in conjunct oh, Uranus. Okay, okay. is no, on November fifth. Right. Okay. I thought it was the opposite. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> who's getting confused already? Yep, me. I am. <laughs> so it's an opposite. Okay, so that's why it's so, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so there's a push pull energy right. with the yeah. growth that we're yeah. doing, right? The in conjunct is an unconscious tension that's coming up. So as we're dealing with this push pull energy and where we need to grow, we're going to be shown what we need to let go of. Okay. On a completely different level. What do we need to heal? What do we need to let go of? Um, and it's, if we're letting go of goals and personal visions that aren't working for us, that means we're going to be embracing new ones. So it's really about like, don't focus on what's not working, focus right. on what is working and just keep moving forward on that path that is working for you. Cool. Okay. Um, because this energy, the Jupiter in conjunct Uranus can be difficult or exciting. It all depends on your perspective and how you're viewing what's taking place with you in that moment. Okay. okay? So if we want to give an example, for example, let's say you're moving, okay, you're selling one house, you're buying another, it can be difficult letting go of the old house. But in the same time, it's very, very exciting preparing for the new house. Right. 
right? So it can be a blend of both of them as well, right? Right. Um, so yeah, it's all about perspective. So I say open your mind, allow your mind to open up and look for what the benefit in the letting go is, and then it won't be as difficult. Okay. The next energy, and this is where I might get confused. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, 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 because we found, we discovered something before this next There you energy. go. That's right. Um, the North that. Node yes. is moving into Virgo. Now, before we talk about the Virgo part, we should talk about that, one, it's a good thing because while it's been in Libra, it's been all about relationships, right? Right. And we've been kind of being stretched to, you know, to really work through our relationship issues. Right. Yeah. So in, in one sense, it's a breath of fresh air because now it's going to be moving and hopefully we've worked through the things that we were supposed to work through. Yes. Um, and so then, because we've had so much relationship stuff in the oh, last few years, right? Bombarded. Just crazy. Like Saturn. I mean, it's been crazy. Yes. It's all been about relationships. And now we're finally, you know, coming out of one, which, well, no, I mean, Saturn was out for a bit, but. I mean, it's, you know, we're finally moving into <laughs> something that may, you know. Be different than relationships. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it's just been such, it's like, you unless, know. Unless. Unless. You have Virgo on the seventh house cusp in your natal chart. <laughs> right. Or Pisces. <laughs> then you're still dealing with relationships. <laughs> just thought I'd stick that in there. I'm a Virgo rising, so I have Pisces on my seventh house. Um, cusp of relationship so yeah for me it's still about relationship <laughs> because it's moving into her yeah right. so it's not the sign energy it's the house energy that's playing on me now right right um but that's... is that does that make it less intense if it's this no sign versus... no no okay sorry not for not for an individual <laughs> that has virgo or pisces on the seventh house cusp okay right um because if it's virgo on the south house seventh house Mm-hmm. my goodness mm-hmm. seventh house cusp <laughs> then um you have the north node transiting that right okay in that seventh house so there's a lot of emphasis on relationships still if it is pisces there then the north node is opposite it and you're doing a lot of personal work and when you do personal work or work on the self and the who i am i concept then you are integrating that into your relationships as well so the south node will be there Um, but with the North node, it's moving in on November the 11th. Um, we were able to calculate that it was the 12th in Greenwich Mean Time. Therefore, in Eastern time, it is the 11th. Right. (laughs) I couldn't pinpoint the exact time because I did not bring my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, it was zero, zero at 12. GMT time. So that right. was on the twelfth. So even our West Coast friends will also be on the eleventh. The eleventh, correct. So yeah. North America is yeah. the eleventh. Yeah. Um with the North Node moving into Virgo, it's typically there for a year. Okay. So it does change around the twelve, thirteen month mark. Right. Um, and we are embracing health on a holistic level. So it's really about really connecting with the physical body being very aware of what's transpiring within the physical body, um, focusing more on a holistic approach to life as well. So not just within health, but looking at life on a whole level as opposed to individual segments of life. 
um, and I'm kind of finding like, even if you look at the different areas of life right now, they're kind of blending all into one aspect of just life. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Is it often maybe a bit more than 12 months? Because the last one was from February yeah, it can to be. the November. Yeah. So that's, and that of course was in our relationships, <laughs> which, you know. That's yeah. a, that's a huge. It's at least twelve months, okay. right? Um, the nodes are not regular, and it also depends also depends on whether you're doing true node or mean node to depict the right. exact date or time. Um, so yeah, it can be longer. It'll see. shift the eclipse energy as well, right? So once we move into Pisces and Virgo, then the eclipses will be shifting. Well, this one's going to be from November to May. So it's it's this long May of two thousand seventeen. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's it's a, longer than a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else are we focusing on? We're focusing on our path of service. So our dharma. What is our gift to the world? How can you best express that gift to the world? Um, be very very aware because when you align with your gift, life kind of gets easy, right? When you're in alignment with offering the gift that you bring to humanity. Stuff moves out of the way. Resistance moves out of the way. Um, and typically we like our gifts. Okay. So it's not like we're, we're doing something that we dislike. Right. It's about aligning with what you do like. Um, so that's a good thing. We are actively integrating karma versus resisting karma. Mm. So it's like we're becoming more accepting around what it is we need to be working through on a karmic level, on an individual karmic level. Right. Um, if you are resisting, then, you know, it's it's going to be more painful. But if you're not resisting, then it's it's more of a flow. Right. Um, really good time to let go of addictions. Right. OK, because Pisces being the south node is where you're coming from. Virgo, the north node is where you're moving towards over this time period. And that what can. Well, maybe it's because it's they usually go through the south, but the north node goes backwards. So the south goes forward. Is that how it would work? If if the south must be going forward, then they north both go going backwards. Back, they both go backwards? Yeah. Okay, so why is that the only thing that goes backwards that I am aware of? They're not, it's not really um I mean, it's not a, a retrograde. Body. It's not a body. Oh. Now, it does go retrograde. It does? Yeah, it has forward and retrograde motions. Oh. But it's so frequent that you don't pay attention to them. Okay. Okay, so it'll be direct for a few days and then retrograde for a few days. And oh. then direct for a few days and then retrograde for a few days. Oh, interesting. Um, typically about a week, maybe. A week to seven days. Oh. Uh, seven days to just a little bit over, <laughs> right? Um, I was going to say a week. Five yeah. days, mm-hmm. business week, <laughs> to a seven-day full week. <laughs> <laughs> A little discombobulated today. It's the next one that makes you <laughs> yeah, a little I discombobulated. <laughs> well, you know what? It's also tapping into this Pisces energy of the right. south node. Right. Okay. Right. My north node is in Pisces. <laughs> oh, so it's an opposite. So this is going to be opposing it. Right. Um, so, yes. I got... Okay. So this is this is just what a site says. Release the rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Scattered nomadic living making too many sacrifices, not paying attention to detail, being easily seduced or charmed, and embrace solving problems with facts, grounding routines, supporting individual, 
pay, individuals, paying attention to details and reading the fine points. Yes, and that's all Virgo energy, right? What we're embracing is Virgo. What we're releasing is Pisces. The, the rose-colored sounds Pisces, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's the releasing, though. It's right? a release the rose-colored glasses, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, And that's where it's a good time to let go of emotion, okay? Don't be in emotional space and focus on being very grounded, right? Very practical, very much in the now, in the real reality, um, is heightened with this Virgo North node. Right. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I need to get more disciplined. So, and there's something, there's There's a bunch of things in Virgo right now. Yeah. Well, Jupiter in Virgo is giving us that ability to discipline, right? Yeah. Um, Not so much yet. (laughs) Just saying, not so much yet for me. My third house? Is that third house? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is your third house. Which is around communications. Um, writing. You found you more focused? Well, you know what? Jupiter hasn't made it into your third house yet. It's still in your second. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It hasn't. Yeah, you're right. So once it goes into the third, then there's the ability to anchor that consciousness energy or focusing with it on a mental level, which is supportive with the third house energy and Virgo energy. Right. Right. So in your second house, it's an expansion of your personal values and beliefs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought that moved already, but because it's in my third house now. No. Anyway, okay. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But this was a little bit ahead of time, but yeah. Oh, that's right. That's been November. But I think it's still already gone in just okay. recently, but yeah. Um. So then the next one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So we can go for a break now or okay. we can go for a break after it. Do you, do you think we're going to talk for a bit on the next one, which is why you're kind of... Yeah, we'll go for a break now. Okay. So you've been listening to... News for the heart. We are getting to the heart of what matters as re- with regards to astrology for November and December. You are listening to Nancy Aruda. You can find out more about Nancy if you go to her website, universalsky.com. You can also get updates uh, every month on my site, uh, on my newsletter. So sign up for my newsletter and you get some discounts and... Uh, Yeah. All right. So we will be right back. Do you want to become more empowered, connected with your core, guided by your heart and soul's purpose, be more balanced and have more mindfulness? Are you searching for the answers, wanting to understand your relationships better, why your intimate relationships, friends, family, and even work colleagues can impact your quality of life? How your relationships interfere with your business, career opportunities, and even starting your own business? I'm Lori Houston. I have a free weekly advice column with bmajor.org called Heart Lessons. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggle that keep us from awakening to our true essence. You can send me your questions or for more personal guidance, contact me at intuitivesoul.com or call me at my toll-free number 1-855-444-SOUL. That's 1-855-444-7685. And let's get to the heart of what matters to see your heart lessons. Want to know where you can hear Lori Houston's News for the Heart? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Lori via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Lori Houston and News from the Heart. 
And welcome back. This is News for the Heart. I have Nancy Ruda here today. We are talking about astrology and what's up in the Universal Sky because Nancy's website is universalsky.com. And we are just getting into some juicy bits that make Nancy just a little bit um, scattered. So we're going to talk about that now. <laughs> and it, it, I wouldn't say that Nancy's the only person because Neptune tends to affect a lot of people. It affects our dreams. It affects how... You know, whether we can be clear. So both of these uh, next two things are going to be... About Neptune. About Neptune and, you know, possibly yeah. making so, it a little bit challenging in keeping clear <laughs> and specific, <laughs> even though Virgo is very heavy right now. And I have my garnet bracelet on, so I'm going to hold on to that to try and keep me grounded <laughs> as I talk about Neptune. And what's the reason? Where's Neptune in your chart? It's big for you. Um, for Well, for, Neptune is pure psychic energy. Right. So it is, I like to think of it as your crown chakra. Okay. Okay. So when you open up your crown chakra and you're in a meditative state and you're vibrating at a very high level of speed, that's the Neptunian energy. You can't bring that back. So the moment you come out of your meditation and open your eyes, you can still feel a little bit lighter, but you're very aware of the physical body and you're getting that sense of density back into your bones. Okay. Um, and that's where you're releasing that Neptune energy. And after you've done a meditation, it can take you a few minutes to gather your oh, absolutely. yourself, right? <laughs> because you've been playing with Neptune. Right. Um, so I think of Neptune as the planet that rules our soul self, not our spirit self, which is masculine in nature, our soul self, which is feminine in nature. And it has a higher vibration. And the moment you think you've got Neptune figured out, it'll be like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong because we're going to make you wrong. <laughs> So whenever I tap into Neptune's vibration, it's like all my energy goes right up to my crown chakra and I'm in a meditative state. <laughs> no longer here on the planet. Um, so Neptune. Neptune. Neptune is stationing direct on November 18th at seven degrees of Pisces. It went retrograde on June 12th. And typically with these outer planets, when they go retrograde or direct, that's when we feel them. The most. Okay. It's not so much about what's happening in between, unless it's aspecting something in your chart at a specific time. Um, then you're going to be going through something on an evolutionary level. Okay. Versus it's not just a, a one day kind of transit. Right. It's, it's a few weeks long. Okay. Because it went retrograde at, and I didn't write it down. Yes, I did. Nine degrees of Pisces on June 12th. And it's stationing directic seven degrees of Pisces. So if you have anything in your chart between seven and nine, you've been going through some kind of confusion, illusion, disillusionment, energy, um, depending on what it's been activating. Um, all right, I'm already losing it. Okay, so... <laughs> Depending on what it has been activating in your chart. Right. All right. So this particular Neptune retrograde, we are connecting to the mental and spiritual realms. Okay. So it was really about pulling into the mental and spiritual um, in terms of whatever it is our soul has been doing or evolving through. Now that it's stationing direct, it is what do you need to do in life? How is your soul projecting you forward? as it pertains to being truthful to yourself. So we're being asked to anchor and stand in our truth, even if it goes against everybody else's truth. 
which is not necessarily an easy place to be in. And I think combined with all this Virgo energy that's taking place in, um, cause we have Jupiter and Virgo since August and with the North node going into Virgo, we're being given a little bit of assistance and, and how we need to stay grounded. Um, but it's, it's still difficult to be in that place of truth. Cause quite often when we tap into our personal truth, there's no concrete evidence to support that truth. And we're being asked to stand in that truth, even without the concrete evidence. And Mars is in Virgo. Oh, it's only, it's, is it out now? Oh, Mars comes out on the 12th. Yeah, Mars is a personal planet, so it's right. got a completely different vibe, right? Um, so it'll be activating stuff for us on a personal level, right? All right. So with Neptune likes being in Pisces... Because it's its natural ruler, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it's really difficult to figure out the Pisces energy. And now to figure out Neptune and Pisces, it's even more <laughs> difficult. What we can expect are heightened psychic experiences during this shift direct, okay? Evolution. Um, mutations. Okay, so if you think of evolution, a lot of times when um, stuff evolves on a practical level, it's through a form of mutation, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm instantly being pulled to GMOs. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. And if we take a look at what's happening, um, with, you know, how the world is, a lot of the world is against GMOs. It's, it's a mutated form. It can be viewed as evolution in terms of somebody's mind came up with the concept to evolve a plant. Um, but it's also a form of evolution on a practical level or on a forced level. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think many people see GMO as a positive thing, except for the people no, that have been, uh, you know, that have been involved doing it for, you know, a better reason or whatever, but thought it was going to be good and yes. unfortunately it's really messed around a lot of stuff messes around our ecosystem the human bodies of the people that are consuming it um you know because there's not enough evidence into what it can do right but anyways this isn't about gmos no right um, but yeah that was just an example of mutations <laughs> <laughs> scientifically Very... altered organisms <laughs> Right. So what you're saying is we can expect some more mutations. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> um, the next energy is still dealing with Neptune, but it's Saturn square Neptune. And here we have two planets that do not get along. Right. Aspecting each other in a challenging way. Um, there's only one hit and that's on November 26th. Does Saturn actually get along with any planet? Um... <laughs> It gets along with a few signs, but does it get along with any planet? It can get along with Venus. Oh, really? Yeah, it can give you the ability to um, focus and sustain a relationship. Okay. It can get along with Mercury. Okay. It gives you the ability to focus your mind. So as long as it's not an, an opposing... Uh, yeah, so Saturn represents limitation and restriction and everything that's in the physical plane. Neptune represents the exact opposite. So right. the soul, which has no 
limitation or constriction. It's infinite, right? Um, it's everywhere on some level. So, and these are where we're dealing with two completely opposite energies. Um, and when they square each other, um, it can pull in a lot of confusion. So like one energy around it is writer's block. Mm. Okay. When a writer is sitting down and they're trying to write, but they're not getting anything. And that would be like a Saturn square Neptune vibration. It's very, very frustrating and confusing for the author or the writer who can't come up with anything. It can trigger depression. Okay. Mm. For some people. So if you're feeling yourself on a, on an emotional low, just be gentle. Okay. Don't buy into the emotional low. Don't make it any bigger, deeper yeah. than what it needs to be. But Don't just add give to your story. Yourself, <laughs> yeah. Just give yourself some space. Right. Um, and give yourself permission to feel low. Because I think what happens is a lot of times we live in a society now where we all have to be positive and upbeat and, you know, and, and spread the love and the joy. And, and that's what I'm all about. And I love doing it. But there are times where you just need to detach from that and experience what you need to experience so that you can understand what it is you're going through and then return back to that love and joy as quickly as possible. Right. So, but we don't live in a society where we give ourselves permission to feel low. Right. Right. From time to time. And again, it's don't make the puddle deeper. But if you're not feeling 100%, ask yourself why. Process what it is that's going on within you so that you don't have to stay there for a long period of time. Okay. Um, there is, by the end of this aspect of the Saturn squares Neptune, um, there's an energy where you'll have a renewed sense of where you are heading in life. So even there may be, there may be a little bit of confusion. It could be because where you thought you were going, mm. you're not right. Um, there's still more work that you need to do. You still need to restrict the energy a little bit more, or you need to open up to faith more, which is the Neptune vibration. Um, so it just means altering your little formula of either restriction or faith right? In order to make that a reality, whatever it is that you're moving towards. Don't get caught up in it not happening right away, right? Give yourself space, give yourself time hmm. to create and align. Cool. Now to come back down from Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> As my third eye expands across my forehead. <laughs> I think my third eye is now touching my crown. Um, <laughs> we move into still in November. So there's quite a bit of stuff going on in November. Um, Chiron stationing direct. And I question where did I put my notes for Chiron stationing direct? <laughs> <laughs> it is stationing direct on November 28th um, at 16 degrees of Pisces. And again, it went retrograde. I believe it was June 24th. And so we had like these two outer planets. They're kind of mirroring each other. They're both in the sign of Pisces. Uh, Chiron's a little further ahead than Neptune is. Okay. Activating a lot of soul's karma components. Chiron's all about the wounded healer. So when we were born, we're born with a wound. And there are several areas of life that can be affected by that wound as we grow up. Okay. Or as we evolve through life. Um, as it stations direct, we're focusing on healing any of those wounds that may have been activated in June. 
So if you can think back to June, what may have transpired for you around the 24th, I know it's it's a long time ago, <laughs> um, and Neptune was doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, so good luck trying to figure out what that is, because they're both in Pisces, which is good luck trying to figure out the Pisces sign, right? Because <laughs> um, it's all connected to our soul, <laughs> which doesn't like being in the physical reality. <laughs> right. So if you can figure all that out. Um, as it stations direct, we are going to have a lot of epiphanies, so inner revelations. And how are those inner revelations or how are you going to fulfill them? Okay, so there's going to be like this, oh, now I know what I need to do. Um, but you may not have a plan of action. Okay, you're just getting the inspiration of what it is that you should be doing. Um, so you still need to create the plan, which is difficult to do in that Pisces vibe. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have to use, in order to create that plan or in order to action whatever it is our epiphany is connected to, we need to disconnect from our soul's guidance and subject ourselves to our personal, individual, and instinctual nature. So it's kind of like we have to stop the channel of inspiration and go right down into our ego in order to figure out how to play out that plan. So when we're being inspired, we're connecting to our soul's energy, our spiritual energy, which is a higher vibration. If we stay in that higher vibration, we're not going to use or do anything with this inspiration that's being given to us. We're going to be stuck in the high. So we need to disconnect from the high, pull ourselves back into reality, back into the physical plane and say, what practical steps do I need to take in order to realize this inspiration into reality? All right. Which may or may not be easy depending on what the inspiration is and the path of action that you need to take. All right. I think I'm still lost in Neptune because I kind <laughs> of feel like I missed all of that. <laughs> this is Chiron in... Chiron and Pisces stationing direct on November 28th. Right. But it's still in Pisces, right? So we're still in that Neptunian illusion. Right. Because like Pisces natural ruler is Neptune. Right. This is a very confusing show. (laughs) (laughs) Just a segment. The segment is very confusing. (laughs) Not very confusing. It just feels airy. Yeah. Non-grounded. Yeah. Should be more flowy, right? Watery. (laughs) Well, it is. Right. (laughs) But it's at the depths of the ocean. So we're diving to the deepest depths of the ocean, which is the highest place of the soul. So we're healing. We're looking at whatever's wounding our soul. Like, is that what Chiron is asking us to do? How long's Chiron? Chiron is the wounded healer, right? So we are wounded, and then we must heal that wound, right? Okay. Um, Chiron's in the sign for a long time. It is, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, and it's a regular. So there is no like formula that says it'll be in this sign this long, that sign. Oh, really? Yeah. No, because one sign it can be five years, another sign it can be fifteen years. Oh. 15 might be stretching it, but because like I'm still working with Neptune. Do you know how long it is in? In, I can look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Chiron went into Pisces. 
in 2010. Okay. May have been 2009, but I just saw zero degrees in May of 2010. It is in Pisces until 2019. That's a long time. It's nine years. That's a long time. Nine to ten years in one sign. Um, Chiron does not like being in Pisces. No? Oh, great. It is the hardest Chiron to to be born with. Because it's a wound that your soul has given you. So we're working through soul wounds right now. We're trying to heal on a soul level, not on a physical level. So I was born with Chiron and Pisces. Consider it major evolutionary growth lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Double whammy (laughs) because you're in it now. Huh. Interesting. It's hard to understand the Chiron and Pisces wound. The wound is you don't want to be in the physical plane. You want to be in the soul plane. Hmm. So a lot of times for people who have Chiron and Pisces, the wound is incarnation. Not always. Yeah. But a lot of times. So, yes. I can still go with the abandonment thing since that's kind of been my life. <sighs> One. Although mm-hmm. fits kind of with both. So, Well, if you look at incarnation, mm-hmm. incarnation is abandonment of the soul plane. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, yes. That's why I say it fits kind of. It both. does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, so, yeah. It's not, uh, it's not an easy Chiron to have. And so Chiron's in there now asking everybody. Right, because I'm at right? that age where I'm supposed to be. Chiron returned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bingo. Although you said I was out of it. like You could be, but Chiron's yeah. still in Pisces, right. which means it's already passed over the degree that you had yeah. your Chiron in, that your yeah. natal Chiron's in, right? right. Um, but it's still in the sign, right? So the actual return is completed because it's only there for a couple of degrees, right? Right. You'll feel it. Um, the return itself, but it still has to journey through the rest of the sign. Right. Which is a long time, apparently. It's until 2019. <laughs> and then Chiron goes into Aries, and then, welcome to my Chiron return. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All righty Because I have Chiron in Aries, natally. <laughs> yeah, but didn't you say that Chiron doesn't like Pisces? <laughs> yeah, but Chiron in Aries isn't that easy either, man. Uh, Aries, is Aries easy with anything? <laughs> aggression and assertion and head trauma and <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um all right so did shall I we go did i finish chiron <laughs> i think you did because then i started asking you questions <laughs> all right so we're gonna go for a break now you are listening to news for the heart we've been getting to the heart of what matters with regards to november anyway <laughs> uh, and apparently there's not a lot happening in december so yeah we'll uh We'll take that with a grain of salt because we knew that that was what was not supposed to be happening in October. All right. So we will be right back. Hi, I'm Lori Houston, and I have a great show on bmajor.org called News for the Heart. I'm an intuitive counselor, coach, and teacher with professional qualifications and certifications, as well as natural clairsentient and claircognizant abilities. 
I've been on my spiritual path for over 20 years, and during that time have acquired through extensive studies, teachings, and sacred texts, over 30 different healing modalities, which are continuously being added to as life is an ongoing journey. My passion is on relationships, limiting beliefs, energy that is blocking you, and awakening consciousness as we become more heart-centered. You can find out more about me at my website, intuitivesoul.com, or call me at my toll-free number, one 855 444 soul that's 1-855-444-7685 and i'd be honored to connect with you let's get to the heart of what matters want to know where you can hear Lori houston's news for the heart well that's easy you can tune in to Lori via clear channels iHeartRadio, spreaker blog talk radio itunes and at bmajor.org now, back to Lori Houston and News from the Heart. And welcome back. This is News for the Heart, and I have Nancy Ruta here. If you want more information about Nancy, go to her website, universalsky.com. Oh, my. <laughs> and uh, actually, we do a newsletter every month, so you can get a short update about what's happening. And then you just listen to our shows every two months, so you get the rest of the update of what's happening. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So we kind of did most of November, although we came up with something else because we're looking for stuff for December because (laughs) December seems to be a quiet month. And right. So we don't think it's going to be, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just because someone said October was going to be a quiet month. And um, I don't know about most people, but the most people that I know, <laughs> October was not a quiet month. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not, not at all. I was wrong, and I admit <laughs> that I was wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, so during break, because mm-hmm. I only have long. one thing to talk about in December, and it's probably like two minutes long. Um, Lori's like, okay, let's let's look for something else. Like any planets moving in December? And I went, yes. You want to do it, don't you? I do. <laughs> Venus, the planet of love and relationships. Moves into the sign of Scorpio. And my response was, eek. (laughs) But it was a classic eek. (laughs) It was almost like you wanted to jump out of your body, eek. Oh, that's what I usually think about when I think about Scorpio. (laughs) Having Venus and Scorpio just like, eek. (laughs) And then she says... What about the relationship stuff? I thought we were done. Because <laughs> with Venus and Scorpio, we're not done with the relationship stuff. No. No, and... we're diving deep <laughs> into the relationship stuff. And then we discovered that Mars is in Libra. <laughs> the whole month of December. <laughs> Half of November, too. <laughs> From the 12th. So, no, apparently we are not done relationships, not for this year. <laughs> so, so obviously Mars, the planet of action in Libra about relationships, there's going to be some stuff. And yeah. then we've, when does Venus go into? Venus eek? goes into eek. <laughs> it goes into eek on December 4th into right. the sign of Scorpio. Right. Um, 
and Scorpio's getting a bad rap it here because it's not that bad. It's about transformations. We have the ability to transform how we're relating. I still think that I'm supposed to meet somebody that's that was born in Scorpio because my dad was a scorpion and he was wonderful. Well, maybe they have Venus in Scorpio or maybe you'll meet them during Venus in Scorpio. Oh, great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Lori's not looking forward to that meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Moving along. Yes, moving along. <laughs> There's really not a lot else to talk about in the month of December. Well, well um, okay, but let's so talk, about talk about Venus the... in, Scor- in Scorpio. What does right. that mean? Like, what does, okay, we know what Mars, Mars is all about action. And in Libra, I mean, it's all about relationship. I mean, there's. Right. And Mars and Libra is a very passive energy. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. Good. So it, it's it's not the passion, fiery. No, no. no it's it it dilutes. Well, it's the wishy washy because it's Libra. It can it can <laughs> it can dilute it a little right. bit. Yeah. Um. However, if you blow air, which is Libra, on fire, which is Mars, then you can get like an explosion Sparks. happening. But right. yeah. Mm. Um. Typically, Mars and Libra is more of a a paced, passive, kind of like taking your time kind of vibe. So the anger part should be. It should be calm. Should be calm. Yeah. Not so much fiery anger. No. Unless there's issues in the relationship. Right. Okay. When we stick Venus, because if Venus is going into Scorpio on December 4th, that means she'll be in Libra. Okay. Right. Right. At around the same oh, time. Right. Yeah. Right. She's in Libra for November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yes, the relationship stuff continues, but it's continuing on a personal level versus an evolutionary level. Well, Mars So. And- and right, because when we said the relationship energy was done, right. we were speaking about the evolutionary energy of the North Node in Libra. Okay, but now we're still dealing with the personal expression of relationships when we deal with the personal planets of Venus and the personal planet of Mars. Oh, I remember why I was making such a point about Saturn. It's because of where Saturn is in my chart and Saturn's in relationship in my chart. Okay, yes. That's why it was... It's been like, first we went into Libra, then we went into Scorpio, Scorpio. and Scorpio somehow is somewhere. Anyway, yes. It's, it's Saturn had been, I think it's still in my fifth house. Fifth house of romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, yes, apparently that's Scorpio right there, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's out of Scorpio, but it's still in It's my still fifth in house. your fifth house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've still been dealing, I'm hoping, but no. <laughs> So that's why relationship stuff is really still big. You know, it went from Libra to, and yeah, so now it's still, yes. even though it's in Sagittarius, I'm still dealing with all the relationship yeah. stuff because it's still in my chart. Well, it's romantic relationships. What a, There's a difference. Oh, because it's fifth house. Fifth house is around romantic and creative relationships. And Libra relationships. does not necessarily. No. Oh, Libra I rules see. the seventh house of partnerships and relationships. So there's a difference. Wouldn't that be a romantic? You can, you can, it can include romantic, okay? But the fifth house doesn't include relationships outside of romantic okay. or children. Right. So if there's relationship energy in your fifth house, that's either with romance or children. Oh, I see. Seventh house is all types of relationships, business relationships, all okay. kinds of partnerships, one-on-one relationships, relationships with groups of people. Like it's, it's all kinds of relationships. It's relationships overall. 
right? Um, eighth house, for example, is relationships with our sexual partner, oh. right? Or your relationship with your banker or your financial advisor, okay? Because that's where we're dealing with other people's money. Um, so this is how we can we can take a relationship in almost every house. Sure. Right? because well, relationships are the most important thing in life. Well, and, and that's how we learn, right? right? It's the mirror to ourself and the mirror to our souls through seeing other people, right? Um, so, yeah, but core energy and core experiences and relationships is the seventh house. Okay. Dynamic. Right. So. It's not in my seventh house. It's in my fifth <laughs> Then it has to go through your sixth house and then it'll go into your seventh house and you get to do the journey all over again because oh, awesome. <laughs> it's cyclic <laughs> like that. So I'm really not getting out of the relationship <laughs> stuff anytime soon. <laughs> you and everybody else though. I know. Um, right. So we were talking about what will Venus be like in Scorpio. Venus and Scorpio. So Venus and Scorpio, there's a bit of intensity that happens when Venus is in Scorpio um, and relationships become a huge focus for us. Okay. In terms of our thought process and our emotional process. And it's like our dreams and desire type thing. Yeah. It's a- yeah. It's and, and where our values are in that moment. Well, right. It's not a fire. It's a water, isn't it? I always get that confused. It's a water. Sagittarius is since it's the one. Sag is a fire. Is a fire yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scorpio Although not is water. the biggest fire. No, no. At least I was not with men. The biggest fire would be Aries. Really? The second biggest would be Leo. And the third is Sag. Huh. So it Wait is. Wait a minute. Would it be different though if men versus women? Because I, men that I, yeah. I, yeah. I think when it comes to women, Leos are a little more heated hmm. for women. And that has to do with that dramatic component. I'm not interested in though, the, the women heating. No, men. So Aries, huh? Aries. But I, I can't, um, I don't know that I can do Aries men. Try that hey, Aries men? <laughs> Aries. <laughs> no, you know what I meant. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be careful with Leo because you're an Aquarius. Right. So there is the, and opposites attract because Leo is directly right. opposite yes, of yes, Aquarius. Of yes. So there's the tendency for very heated passion, very, very intense exchange with them. But then there's also that you could also kill them. Energy. Right. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever dated a Leo. Or is the side you could be friends with? Right. Yeah, that's pretty much all it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Friends with benefit, but pretty much that's it. Not even that good a benefit. <laughs> And that's where Venus and Scorpio comes in because that's where you want good benefits. <laughs> right. The intensity. So it has a good, intense vibe, even though it's not fire and it's water. Yes. Well, we perceive it to be good, but it doesn't necessarily mean no, that it is. That's true. Right? That, the eat factor. A, well, a lot of times when you're connecting with somebody on a desire or passion level, it can be dangerous, right? The passion can consume you. That's um true. So that it's not necessarily healthy, right. right? Now, I also believe you can have a healthy, passionate relationship, which is what Venus and Scorpio could bring either side, right, right of that energy. So, so yes. And um, so the one thing that we were going to talk about. The one thing that we were going to talk about. For December. Is the last thing. <laughs> and that is Uranus stations direct on December 25th. 
Right. So it's been retrograde for how long? Since July 26th. So again, another one of those outer planets stationing direct, which is good because now we all get to move forward for a couple of days. (laughs) Before something goes retrograde? Before something goes retrograde in January. (laughs) (laughs) Like the M word? The M word, yes. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about January. No, we're not. Yet. Not we're not, not allowed. No, because there's a couple times I wanted to, and you're like, no, X nay on the January. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So this particular station direct is um, asking us to withdraw, and it happens on Christmas Day. Now, there's a couple ways that we can withdraw. One, we can withdraw and you know hide. Um, which I don't think that's the best solution. This particular one is really about going inward. So pulling your energy inward and finding that childlike creative expression within the self, which is really easy to do on Christmas Day. However, we're being asked to do it before and after Christmas as well. So it's not just that day. Right. Right. Um, It goes retrograde that day, but we're going to feel the energy before and after. Sorry, direct on that day. Um, but we're going to feel the energy before and after where there's going to be this desire to withdraw. Now, typically in the holiday season, we are connecting with family and this is, you know, in which if you have small children, that's fine. Then you're connecting more on the playful component of it. But when you're connecting with the adults, there's, there's going to be a desire to stay home, Hmm. right. And not be so social. Hmm. Of course I could be wrong (laughs) (laughs) and it could be the opposite. (laughs) Because that's just seeming how to the, to this show has been going. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, We're still in October. That's why I'm blaming it on October. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's about detaching from the physical reality, opening your mind to the possibility of pr- approaching life in a holistic, non-rational and intuitive manner with this particular um, Uranus direct. And that's where we're embracing that childlike energy from within. And when we take time to play and express our inner child, we can create things that we never thought we could create. So it allows us this opportunity to create an environment within ourself to tap into energies within the self that we're actually truly passionate about, only we've been burying it. So we haven't given ourselves the opportunity to look at it. Hmm. Um, also on that day, just because oh, there is right. something else happening on that day, new yes, moon, right? the new moon in cancer, which is that family tradition energy. So with the new moon in cancer, um, it's interesting because this particular new moon in cancer, which is happening at three degrees of cancer is asking us to be rational. Hmm. It's an emotional sign. We're typically not rational in this sorry it's not a new moon it's a full moon oh right it's a full moon in cancer right (sighs) yeah no it should be a full moon next time we do a neptune show right we're gonna stretch it out over two hours (laughs) (laughs) take little breaks we ground eat some food (laughs) yes (laughs) that way i can be nice and clear (laughs) It's funny because you started it with that, that it was going to be a new moon. So I just, I just made that. And of course, yeah, no, I was thinking new moon, but now that I'm looking at December 25th, it's the full moon, Mm. um, in cancer. Cause if it was the new moon, it would be Capricorn, which doesn't take place until January. I didn't say that though. I didn't say that. I didn't (laughs) didn't say the J word. (laughs) 
Although we are looking forward to a new year, as yes. always. Although an eight-year to a nine-year, mm, I mean, you know, eight it's, years are always nice. Well, and, and like I had mentioned, and I'll, I'll tie it in more when we do the December show for the year of 2016, nine-year pulls in the same vibration as the North uh-huh. Node. Oh, right, North Node. Right? North node, so yeah. the energy that we're working with with the North Node and South Node, the nine connects to the Hermit. In the tarot, which is Virgo, and the moon in the tarot, which is Pisces. It's interesting because three degrees of cancer for the full moon yes. is in my 12th house. So that's a withdrawal house, right? Totally. <laughs> that is a, I just want to be left much, alone. My rising sign is cancer, but it's really at the end. Yeah. So um, where's mine? 11th house. Hopes, wishes, and dreams. Yeah, it's really at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah. Oh yeah, so that's definitely. Where's your eleventh house, Coast? Okay. So it is in your twelfth house. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, do- totally. Yeah. Not even a question. Yeah. Well, that's that's me then. <clears throat> I just flow with the you know the universe, and I'm a very Aquarius person, so it's usually how it goes. Although I'm usually a little ahead of the game, so it could be happening earlier. <laughs> like now. I will um, be very, very prepared for the next show. And not I mean, to say I wasn't prepared today. It was just it's the Neptune. We, we, it's we the will, Neptune. Yeah, will, it totally threw me off It off did balance. it for me a little bit, too. I was, like, lost. You there. felt yourself going to your crown and your third eye, too, right? Mm, yeah. Because yeah. it just sucks you right up into the ethers. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a show. Although we we might be cutting out a little bit of the giggling, so yeah, you might have to cut out because like there's like three four minutes of just straight giggle, <laughs> right? Which means the show might now be a little bit lower, but you know we're we're good, we're good to go. I mean, we could talk about solstice, but you know, there's not a lot to say about solstice other than it happens at the same time. But it is that the energy of solstice. It's on the twenty first right. when the sun moves into Capricorn, and the energy of winter solstice is withdrawal. Yeah, it's going into hibernation, right? It's right. the bear going into the cave in the winter right. time. Right. Um, so, and that's what the winter is all about. It's about withdrawing into the self. So the Uranus um, direct is actually very supportive of this being a withdrawal. I'm having a hard time with that word today. Um, season, right? Right, the winter season being all about going inward, pulling away from society, pulling away from the chaos. Um, finding the freedom within the self versus trying to find that freedom outside of the self because you can't manifest it outside of yourself until you found it within yourself first. Right. And I know, obviously, if you're from the other hemisphere, it's the opposite, but. Right? I've never been to the other hemisphere, no, so I wouldn't know what the summer is like down there. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's similar to our summer, but. Um, but what they do say about winter solstice is that even though it's the longest day of the year, we are now moving back into the light. Yes. It's the shortest day of the year. Uh, did I say the longest? You said the longest. I did. But longest I know Longest night of the year. Longest night of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but what that means the next day we move into the light. Back into the light. Absolutely. So we start gaining the light. Yes. We are at the depth sense. of the darkness the day before the solstice. And it's interesting. I don't know if I, 
I don't know why I've been preoccupied lately with time zones and, or not time zones, but how time increases, like the sun increases and right around solstice is the most significant time of either losing or gaining mm-hmm. time and, or sun, light. light. And uh, equinox, it's almost, it's like the slowest. It's like, it's very, very it's minimal. It's like the, um, no, but like in a month in solstice, you can gain or lose half an hour to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And at, in a month in, at equinox, it's like 10 it's very gotcha. interesting. I never looked at it that way before. Yeah, it's interesting. It just slows right down at equinox. It just, yeah. It's well, like, it has to do with the tilt or the warble in the right. earth, right? And how the earth is shifting on its polar axis. And I don't know a lot about it on a scientific perspective, but that's what it's all about. In the moment the earth shifts on its polar axis, the sun is no longer in the same band right. around the earth, right? right? So that's where you get the, the shifts mm-hmm. in time. It's cool. Anyway, we have been, you have been listening to News for the Heart. And if you want more information about Nancy, go to universalsky.com. Myself, Lori Houston, go to intuitivesoul.com. Nancy is on every one of my newsletters now since, I don't know. It's been a few months. It's been a few months. September yeah. or so before? August? It was, no, I think it was over the summer, too. Yeah, I think so. I think we started just All right. before the summer. So that's right. So, yeah. Join us, find us, and uh, we will be back in two months. So yes. right around right around this time at Christmas, right around the time that everything's going to happen. Not quite on the day. All right. You, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart Show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 